Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to On The Bench. I'm Brendan Sinone. I really wish we were doing this on video right now, but we're not. Uh, we're, we're just doing this audio right now. But Josh and Zach are both seem to be joggling, juggling crystal balls. Is that what's happening? Am, am I interpreting that correctly? I'm just juggling crystal balls over here, Brendan. You see, just, you see the action this morning. Just big old juicy crystal balls. No? You ruined it. Welcome on the bench. So I got Josh Newberg, Zach Blaustein, Chris Nee joining me today. Chris just being the adult among us with this beautiful Christmas tree in the background. I want to set a picture. I want to paint a vivid picture for you guys to see what we're like because you can't actually see us. Christopher, good morning. You seem chipper. Good morning. <laughs> it's like the Grinch. Okay, so we're doing a special mailbag edition. No one wants to chime in with mailbag. Okay, good. I can see this is going to be a great energetic podcast i'm texting i got there's a lot going on Mailbag! there i had to carry for all of us uh someone that was signed, great. someone signed <coughs> my throat someone signed up for the whole 24 7 based on the way i say mailbag so during the promo run we had somebody sign up and post on the site that i'm here because of the way brendan sinone pronounces mailbag on otb you think it was the normal that's it's not the flex. different strokes different folks it's not chris's Baseball coverage. It's not Zach. Hey, what are you trying to say about my baseball coverage? <laughs> I'm just saying people sign up for that. I've, I've heard people sign up for that. I've just never heard people sign up for mailbag. Mailbag! Well, different strokes for different folks, as Chris Nee just said. All right, so a few things before we get to the mailbag. And there's like four pages long of questions on Knowles 24-7. A shout out to everyone who signed up. But when you take Destin like, Hill out, it's only two pages. Who's Destin Hill? Who? Who? I don't know. I don't know that name. I called him the other day. It was so fun. It went right to voicemail. <laughs> we we are not sure he exists right now. We'll find out. We need a proof of proof of life. I think just like someone holding a, a newspaper, being like I'm still around. I think that's what we need. But he's supposed to be here in a month, so we'll see. Anyways, I want to keep this focused and on track the best that I possibly can. It's not a strength of mine, and I feel like you guys are doing a really good job of trying to derail it right now as well. As we get into this mailbag, four pages, tons of new subscribers on Knowles 24-7, people wanting to get their questions in. We're going to try to streamline this as much as possible. But first, we have to get to two big news items in the world of FSU athletics. First off, the big one is one that isn't like the sexiest headline, but it's obviously going to be extremely important for the future of this athletic program, a football program in the athletic department, and really university in general. And that is that FSU is currently conducting and exploring options uh, at athletic director as David Coburn will step down uh, by the end of the year or right after the end of next semester at the latest. Is that correct, uh, Chris? His goal is as soon as possible, but right. the preference is by the end of the spring semester, the end okay. of the athletic academic year, which technically actually falls in the summer, but the spring really wraps it up for the most part. David Coburn's wanted to retire. He's been ready to retire. He was supposed to be an interim and became a full-time because with 
between the pandemic, the situations that were going on at FSU financially, and President Thrasher's intention of moving on from his job, it didn't make sense timing-wise for Coburn to move on in that window. So he held on. Richard McAuliffe gets hired as new president. He's now in office doing his job. It's reached a point where it's comfortable enough for Coburn to go. Um, from what I've been told for months on end and heard and had people reinforce time and time again, David Coburn always intended to go as Richard McAuliffe came in. It was more a matter of when timing was right because McAuliffe came in with academic hires to make. And those held priority over necessarily an athletic hire such as AD, even though it's an extremely important hire and everybody understands that. But it's a matter of perception. you got to get certain things done first when you're president versus the other thing. As far as who replaces David Coburn, consistent question I've asked people in recent days as I've been digging on this since Pete Thamel tweeted about it. Good question, Michael. What now? It's a good question. Is it Michael Elford, who's currently the director of Seminole Boosters, president of Seminole Boosters, or the field? And the response is pretty well mixed, truthfully. Um, There's a lot of people that love Alford, think he does a very good job, think he came here ultimately to BDAD. He has done it in the past. Um, I'm somewhat in that camp, truthfully, but I don't think it's a certainty that it's Michael Alford. I do think they'll do some level of a search. I don't know if I'd term it a national search. I don't think they're going to go overboard with this thing and have 50 candidates and huge. I don't think it's going to be all that. I think there's a select few people they may speak to in part to show they did truly have a selection process. Who are some of those names? Jeff Purinton comes up. He's currently in a uh, reserve role in the athletic department at Alabama. It's been there for a while. He's also worked with like the Orange Bowl, done some other stuff. Obviously was at FSU back in the day during the Bowden years. And he's Uh, worked with Michael Alford before too, which is an interesting dynamic that I think is worth noting. Yeah. Megdy, who's at Georgia, who I think is the assistant AD at Georgia. Another guy who has former FSU ties, who I think certainly might get an interview if he's interested in it. Um, yeah, Bob Ferranti and me have talked about this in the past. Bob's always like Martin Mayhew as a name. Uh, no, I'm not putting Bob. I in thought you were throwing Bob. Bob would be great. Room. I mean, it, you want to talk about even Steven. They don't get more even than that, man. But not, he's always thrown out Martin Mayhew, former FSU player, NFL uh, GM type, who you know has a lot of expertise in that side of the ball game. Um, I'm sure there will be some other names. But, uh, you know, people are focusing heavily on Purinton. I think that's fair enough. Meg D's another guy who I think they should be focusing on. I think there's a few others, but I don't expect to be an extensive dragged out search. And I do think Alfred's going to be truly a candidate, but I, I don't have a timeline for hire at this point. I don't know how far along in the interview process they are. They've done a pretty good job of keeping it quiet outside of having an agent or somebody of that sort leak to Thamel that they were doing it to then issue a statement from both President McAuliffe and A.D. Coburn about the intention to move on. Such a huge, such a huge hire because, and this isn't a slide on, on David Coburn. Like you said, he was brought in to be an interim and kind of took a lid off the athletic department and saw that the, the product was far, the financial status of the program was far worse. Right. And, David's yeah. lasting impact is that he got the books right. He dealt with the books. They were a mess when he came in. He worked very hard to fix them. He also helped switch the booster structure at FSU, which I think long-term is going to be an extremely beneficial thing. The hierarchy we now have with the FSU AA, Michael Alford, how all that fits together and works, I think it's going to be much more beneficial for future hires, future endeavors, everything FSU is trying to accomplish. I think that those are the two things I would probably point to as things that David so well executed. 
David's not the most well-liked by some because he is just a numbers guy. For him, it is just dollars and cents. It's not about feelings. I'm sure he didn't love having to let go of people or not pay people more money, but it always with a purpose of we have to do this a certain way to get ourselves back to where we need to be for this to be functional moving forward. And he did a very effective job of doing that. Yeah, you're gonna make some people unhappy when when you talk about the budget cuts and the position cuts that that happened in the athletic department. And he, he comes over. There's a coaching change with Willie Taggart that he has to kind of oversee, and it's something that they did not want to do, and they felt like their hand was forced to an extent based on what was happening in the the, the background of that football program. We've talked about that, discussed that well in depth here on on the bench. Uh, and then obviously a pandemic emerges, and that further uh, impacts your your athletic budget. So yeah, he's. He had to kind of navigate this program through really, really uncertain times and did so with kind of the idea of uh, maintaining the the budget and trying to keep athletic department solvent uh, as best as possible. The note that you had, Chris, on him also streamlining the you know, FSU Athletic Association, having that uh, more cohesive relationship with boosters is going to be huge in making this athletic director higher in my opinion it makes it much more appealing fsu has been re- really without a like a slam dunk surefire super buttoned up athletic director since when i haven't i haven't been here at fsu i'd argue dave hart okay so dave hart did a great deal for facilities here he was very good at raising money here he I, in my opinion had a very strong uh future thought to him he always was thinking about what do we need to be down the road here and there you know, I don't, I don't, I think Wilcox filled miserably here, which is disappointing because I thought he was capable when he was hired of doing some really good things. Randy Spetman was sort of a sit-in guy for them to some degree. I just don't think they've had anybody of Dave Hart's caliber since Dave Hart. Yeah. So this is an important hire for that reason. I think it'll be a more attractive job uh, for some of the things from some of the things that David Coburn did to, to make this position a, a little bit more enticing to someone that has a, a pretty good resume. So let's move to the other piece of news, and then we get into the mailbag. And that is that defensive tackle Robert Cooper announced on Twitter yesterday that he is coming back for a fifth season at Florida State. I kind of thought this was going to be more of a coin flip type of deal with maybe him leaning towards going pro, but but Josh uh, kind of said, no, he's, I think he's coming back about a week ago. And he said, I think Fabian Lovett's coming back about a week ago. And, and so far, you're, you're one for one, Josh. Yeah, well, I've been I've been telling you privately that for weeks now that you know I've been here and that they're both coming back. So yesterday when I saw the news about Cooper, it made me think that this does mean that they're both coming back. And I checked in with uh, my source that's close to that defensive line and said, "Is is Fabian Levitt going to be back, or is he going to? Or is he going to go?" He said, "Coming back." So I do believe that they're both coming back. Um, do you think we'll see an announcement from Levitt soon? One way or another. I just mean like one way or another. I think most announcements are going to get buttoned up in the next two weeks with kids departing and things of that sort. So, yeah, sure, in that timeline. I don't know if it will be today necessarily. I think Lovett's second half of the season where he was banged up a good bit probably played a role in the likelihood of him returning. He was on pace, in my opinion, through the first half of the season being a guy who could certainly make the jump. He had really made a huge jump in – production play and everything he was doing and disappointingly he got banged up I think it was mostly arm shoulder type of issues that he was having and that to some degree limited what he's capable of doing what he's so effective at doing on the field yeah he he, 
Fabian was able to put like two or three dominant games up on film, but I think he needed a little bit more consistent film and, and we'll see. We'll see ultimately what the decision is. But yeah, I think right now you bring back Cooper. I, I think that makes it a lot easier to bring back Fabian Lovett as well. To have Cooper in the mix, guys, like that's I don't want to overblow it, but like you are solidifying a spot. You know what you're getting. You're getting supposed to be very solid. He was really good this past year, really only one year, and that was 2020, where uh, he wasn't fully healthy, that he's had a down year. He's very good at what he does. He's gotten progressively better at becoming an impactful, disruptive force. Uh, that's one position you don't have to worry about in the transfer portal now, which to me is is big. Yeah, the only other house cleaning I'll throw in there, Jalen Goss, Ira Henry, both hit the transfer portal. Neither of those are a surprise. There's more to come. You know, just putting that out there and making sure people know that if they did not read it on the site in the last few days. Thank you, Chris. We've started counting numbers on Knowles 24-7. I know that's something that Josh loves to partake in. Uh, the numbers don't always work out, according to Josh. You can almost, you can almost see in Josh's V-neck that he has a tattoo of numbers always work out across his collarbones. He has Somebody's got to deal with the numbers. It's just not me. So one thing I will say, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but uh, let's talk really, really quick. Uh, and Chris, you can help out here and clarify it because the way NCAA worded it is a little murky, but I think we got clarification on it now between you and I figuring it out. The seven plus rule for the 85 scholarship allotment. Uh, do you care to explain it or do you want to try to take a hack at it or should I try first? Well, it actually impacts the 25 rule, not the 85. 85 is right. a hard number. Correct. It's not changing this year. I had heard previously there was possibility of flexibility of that number after a conversation last week when I posted something on the board. Does not sound like that will happen for this year. So 85 is going to be the hard number for total scholarships. 25 is usually the number for your class intake. This year, they're allowing a plus seven that involves transfers. As long as a player completes the semester academically, then they should count, allow a school to go 25 plus seven if they get to 25. Mm -hmm. um, so in the case of Goss, in the case of Ira Henry, I presume those guys are going to finish up here in the next week or two. Their semesters finish the semester, and they therefore should count towards that number allowing a school to take up to 32. But that 32 has to fit within the 85. Which is going to be part of the challenge. So real quick, uh, Jalen Goss and Ira Henry, I believe, will finish the semester here as expected. So like they will count if you're able to get to the 25. They will count as part of the plus seven if you want to start using that. Uh, what I can say and add to what Chris mentioned, one, I believe FSU wants to be in the mix to get the plus seven, they want to really continue the, the roster overhaul. We've seen it already in the past two off seasons. Uh, they're not done yet. I don't think this is a, a finalized product, which if you're listening to the podcast, like, you know, we've been talking about like they, they need to continue to flip the roster. I think we're going to see that very aggressive. We've already seen FSU be very active in the transfer portal. Uh, they want to try to get there if, if, if they possibly can, uh, it's a matter of whether guys want to stay around uh, who wants to stay around. Uh, yeah, if you can get them to leave in a way that that is exit interviews won't start until another week or two. So we'll see that like this can all change quite a bit. But right now, to get to say the the plus seven, I think you need to get 13, 13 players, twenty players want need to leave the program basically if you want to maximize a full plus seven. Yeah, they need to be at fifty three. So if I get this under, if I'm understood right, twenty players leave. Florida State gets the plus seven, you can sign 32 because they can fit that yeah. in the 85. Yeah, as long as it fits into okay. the 85. Gotcha. Thank God we have Josh. That's not too bad. So there are 16 high school kids committed right now, one transfer committed in Bless Harris at 17 total. So we're talking possibility of up to 15 more, but you got to deal with it as where can you max out to 85. That's what ultimately will decide what number FSU can climb to to fit within there. 
Is Bless Harris not part of the 16? I thought he was part of the 16. No, he's, it's 16 high school types. And uh-uh. plus one well, then the numbers might be off slightly, but it's in that ballpark. We're talking about 20, 20, 19 to 21 guys um, need to basically to get that. And the, to clear, one other thing to clarify confusion on it, for that plus seven, people think that it has to be like it's for seven additional transfers. No, it's people transferring out. So those scholarships can be allocated any way you want them to. It can be prep players. It could be junior college. It could be uh, transfers that you're taking in in the class. There's no restriction there to how many transfers you can take. I think that's an important piece of the puzzle too. So let's get to it, fellas. Ready for a little mailbag action? Yes. Ed, NYC Noel 92 asks, does FSU land Wesley Besaint? So he is announcing on Saturday. The announcement will be on CBS Sports. So we can provide a link on the message board. I'm sure you guys already know about it. Joshua, I'm going to throw this to you because – some crystal ball juggling has been been done in the last 24 hours. Yeah, I dropped a crystal ball, confidence of eight, because why Whoa. else are you going to drop a crystal ball if you're not confident? I never really understood that. But um, point is, I put it in. I've been feeling that, you know, Florida State made up a lot of ground these last couple of weeks with the rumors and turmoil going on in Miami, whether Manny's going to return or not. I think that kind of opened the door. Obviously, FSU beating Miami with Wesley and his mom in the stands cheering FSU on. That was big for their – for their recruitment. Um, but then last night I got a, I have a good source that's close to his recruitment, close to that Miami central staff. And, um, you know, he hasn't informed, there's no silent commitment or anything like that. I think he's truly going to make his decision on Saturday, but I felt good enough to put in a crystal ball pick for FSU with confidence of eight. Wow. Anyone joining, joining Josh there in the crystal ball. Let's parade? go boys. Drop your balls. No, Chris doesn't want to do that right now. What about you, Zachary? Um, I'm probably released mine on Saturday morning. Wow. Chris? Yeah, not all of us can be Josh Newberg. To be determined. So FSU was down visiting Wesley. Way to have an opinion, fellas. I guess you could say we really dropped the ball. No, I did. I really did. Wesley uh, received a visit from Florida State staffers yesterday, so on Thursday. Any intel on that, Zach? Um, I mean, we saw from the photo that, like, basically the entire Miami Central coaching staff was on the or at the in home for at least a portion of it. Um, and I looked at the picture um, that that Wesley had on or his mom had of the Miami in-home visit that happened on uh, Sunday of this week. Um, and there were only like one or two Miami central coaches. So take that for what, for, you know, what you will, but it was just um, a good it's, thing to see. Zach is, is count the coaches, the new follow the follows for you. Is that Maybe. what we're doing here? Oh, wow. You can't follow the follows anymore. So it's gotta be something else. Yeah. That's some um, bullshit Twitter. Count the coaches. Yeah. But uh, Adam Fuller was in there. Chris Marv. Uh, Mike Norvell, Odell Hagens, just having a good time. Um, I plan to hopefully catch up with Wesley today. It may be tough just because obviously he's in decision-making mode and I, I don't want to disrupt that, but I'll see if I can get on the phone with him um, and, and get you know his thoughts on the in-home uh, for an update. But um, from what I heard, I, I spoke to a source last night that, that said everything went well. Um, like Josh mentioned, I don't think he's made a decision to these staffs yet i think he'll probably inform them today or tomorrow and then announce um i believe it's 5 p.m on saturday 
Seminole. Oh, before we move on there, I know I'm trying to streamline it. Was the Saint is really important? Do we have a feeling if the Miami, like if Manny, rumors are flying right now in Miami, and they've been flying all all last couple weeks, but that Manny could be let go by today. It's what the message board it's warriors are saying. We've heard we we had Sunday morning at eight a.m. We had the Monday BOT meeting, and they were going to fire him. Now the deadline's Friday. We'll see. I mean, hey, is it going to impact Wesley? Like Wesley's making a decision on Saturday. Like, do we think if Manny Diaz were let go today, that would all of a sudden change? Like what Wesley's? It, it's it's just a strange situation. I would change my crystal ball to Miami. What are you trying to say? No, what that's not I what change? I said. I feel like Josh wants to come through the screen and slap you. That's not what I said. I love how Brendan's trying to streamline these questions. Josh, let's do this. just going in circles. All right, just lightning like, round. Very 40 <laughs> minutes. Let's do this. We're 20 minutes. <laughs> and in the past one question. <laughs> Seminole Al, who is your sleeper pick in the class nobody is talking about? And same thing for transfer out. Well, let's just let's just stick to who's your who's your sleeper in this recruiting class that no one's talking about? Who's the guy? Who's your guy that you like? Chris, I'll start with you. Who's your who's someone that you're gonna stump for? I think the verse kid is going to become a very popular name in the next week. I expect him to take an official to FSU, not this weekend, but next weekend. The CAA, what, freshman or player of the year? Oh, from Albany, the Albany transfer yes, target? Yes, oh, okay. I thought you said first kid, verse, verse. right? V-E-R-S-E. Yeah, productive player from Albany. Uh, this is where my wife went to undergrad. And, you know, it'd be cool if you went to Albany and then Florida State, which is like my wife. Uh, streamline, Josh, who's your who's your – under the radar prospect that no one is talking about sleeper. Uh, we got a little bit of scoop. I figured Chris would have uh, gone with Azariah Thomas from Niceville high school. Ooh. Ooh. Wasn't he the one rocking the UF gloves at uh, the FSU camp this summer? <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. That was a whole coaching <laughs> staff ago for four. Uh, Zachary, anyone for you? That, I, okay. I thought we were talking about people in the class. We're just talking about prospects in general. Picker to end up in the class. Oh, um, that may have been my fault. No, you're good. I'm trying to think. I of, don't even uh, know if there is another one. Oh, maybe Dante said, Anderson. Dante Anderson out of Homestead. Um, FSU went in home with him yesterday. Yesterday, um, Mike Norvell was there. Uh, that was one of the five in home visits he did in South Florida yesterday. Um, I think FSU could maybe bring him in for an official. I don't personally see, um, like, I'd, I'd get the sense that they'd go for a transfer option over, you know, going and, and pushing for him at this point in time. But they've kept, you know, in communication uh, with Dante. Um, he's a productive player at, at Homestead, um, put up a lot of sacks this year and last year. It's just that he's kind of undersized um, and just really isn't put together as a pass rusher. And it would take, you know, probably a year and – most likely two to be a, a contributor at the next level. I will stick with you, Zach. Drew Star. Wait, I read this wrong. Drew 904. Sorry, I said Avatar at the end of it. Drew 904 asks, has Trevon Williams ship sailed or is there still a realistic chance that he's in the class? Um, There's not a... I don't think there's a realistic chance that he's in the class, Um, but the ship hasn't completely sailed. I think... Uh, or obviously, we reported yesterday on Twenty Four Seven that Marcus Woodson went uh, went by his school in Mississippi yesterday. Um, I spoke to a source close to Trevion um, when he was at his school. Woodson got on Facetime with a lot of uh, Trevion's family members 
who in the past have had pretty close ties to this FSU staff with Woodson being from the same area that they, a lot of them grew up in. So um, just some catching up there. I don't necessarily think FSU's a player. I mean, you'd have to think if they if they want to land him, they have to get him back on campus, which just is super unlikely. I think he's probably headed to Mississippi State. Um, I believe he's visiting there this weekend. Correct. And then Ole Miss next weekend. Uh, next weekend supposed to be Alabama Mississippi All Star game for him, so oh, I don't okay. know if Old Miss is going to fit themselves in there one way or the other. Gotcha. Chris, keep that mic on. Touchdown, FSU. That's spelled in a peculiar way. Asked, do you know of any silent commitments currently? If so, how many? You don't need to spill the beans on names, but be a lot cooler if you did. Spill it. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not a big believer in silent commitments. Um, I don't know of anybody that we know is committed now like a guy like Tyree West we all believe he's coming to FSU so I guess he's probably about the closest thing I can think of off the top of my head if Josh or Zach have an unnamed to throw out there they're welcome to well, Josh what's your confidence rating on Tyree West now uh, eight oh. correct good job okay. he did the math <laughs> I'm two and eight that's still good that's still highly confident that's heading that, into his official visit this weekend that's where you started with Wesley Bassaint yeah yeah. Okay. TB Golf seven one. So I didn't. Uh, I didn't like the fact that when you do the crystal ball, when you go to ten, it says lock on there. I didn't know that. That if you put it to ten, it says lock. What do you, you think? Ten. Well, what do you? Ten yeah, what do you out think? of ten is means, equivalent to one hundred percent, which is basically saying lock. I don't know but what Josh is expecting. But if there. you go to nine, it doesn't say next to it. This isn't Spinal Tap. I just didn't like the fact that it said locked. It made me it made you feel like you're committing to something. Yeah. Commitment issues over here. Yes. All right. TB3 Golf 714 asks, what's the status with Daniel Martin? It's the four-star linebacker. Anything up with him? I will pass yeah, his he... number on to you. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. But he kind of, right, after he didn't show for those, did he ever show no. in that run where he said he was no. going to be at the next he just home game? us. Yeah. So, and it doesn't seem that um, he was on the slate for in-home visits, right? No. Uh, they've been in the Atlanta area, so I, it's not ruled out, but I don't know of them going in with him. I've tried to reach out to him a bunch in recent weeks and had no luck with getting him. He's gone super quiet. He is supposed to decide or announce at the uh, All-American Bowl, and that's been held constant. To my knowledge, it's still FSU Vanderbilt and maybe Oregon as the three in there. There's been so little in-the-air movement with him. Yeah. Doesn't seem like he's a top target. Unless something changes and we find out something, then I would probably rule him out right now as a target. But you know what happens when I do that. He'll commit tomorrow. Savvy's no he'll be on campus in about 32 minutes. <laughs> Savvy's Noel asks, should we sacrifice Sinone to ensure we land MJJ? Yeah, take guess. him off the board. Take Sinone off the board too. <laughs> For life? Yeah. Sure. Wow. What? I'm very I'm heavily insured. I love that. Ross Knoll 87 says, Berg, what's up? You're my favorite bro. Chris Nee is my least favorite. <laughs> Not enough people give Chris crap. I like it. I've never heard that before. Chris is very polarizing, apparently. Why Anyways. Is the question like that, though? <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem necessary. We weren't asking who was a favorite or least favorite. He just wanted to take a shot at Chris. Uh, <laughs> but he just want to know, is Kevin Coleman gone? So, Chris, why don't you tell us what's going on with Kevin nope, Coleman? Nope. Josh is his favorite. Josh can handle this one. I'll take Kevin Coleman from here. Uh, 
No, Kevin Coleman's not gone. I I reported on Tuesday that FSU went in home with Coleman. And um, since then, you know, it looked like it was going to be all Oregon. But with Joe Moorhead taking most likely the Akron head coaching job, for, Oregon's going to be out of an OC. Uh, Coleman's going to make his decision. I don't know if Oregon's going to replace the OC unless they promote from within. I don't know how much USC's recruiting him. I know he's recruiting USC a little bit, but Lincoln Riley never recruited him to Oklahoma, so I don't understand, you know, why he would pick up his recruitment to USC. Maybe they, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But as of now, um, I like where FSU sits. Actually, even though he's not going to come in for a visit on December 10th, like I had said he needed to, I think the potential coaching change or coaching change at Oregon could put Kevin Coleman right in FSU's lap. What if Mario Cristobal goes to Miami? No, I would say the other thing to watch right now would be Texas. Um, I think he's going to take an official visit there, hook him this weekend. Uh, we'll see if he shows up, but that could be a team that if he does get on campus, you know how that goes. You get somebody on campus, anything can happen. So we'll continue to monitor. But actually, even though he's not coming in for that December 10 visit, I think FSU's chances are still pretty good. Would you give it a lock? Would you put it a 10 out of 10 lock for him? No, I don't think I have a pick. Oh, wait. Do you? I think I, I do have a pick in for Coleman. That's an old one. I've been sitting on that one for a while. FSU. And I, it's funny because like at the time I put that in, I felt really good about it. And then between now and then, there's been times where I probably should have changed it, but I didn't. And now I feel good about it again. So Josh has an eight to FSU. For Kevin Look, Coleman, my Steve- baseline is an eight. I can't understand why you would put a put a crystal ball pick in with a low confidence level. If you don't have confidence, in your pick just don't put the pick in. Wilt Funk but has if I'm putting a pick in. It's going to be an eight. Wilt Funk has a one or a ten, even though he doesn't like the word lock. Yeah, Wilt Funk has a one. No, so here's Josh being like, oh, it's got to be an eight. Steve Wilt Funk's all time rank on three thousand four hundred seventy four predictions. He's at a ninety one. 0.25% hit rate. Josh is at 72%. Care. I'm just saying, I don't understand why you would make I, a pick if you don't have confidence in it. Everyone's it just doesn't gonna make handle sense. their balls differently. People shouldn't tell other people how to handle their balls. I'm very Wilt Fong was higher on him. Yeah. Dropped it to a one recently. Mm-hmm. Which he does that basically to say it wouldn't shock me if I have to change this. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like a His ones are very telling. Thanks for coding that for me, Chris. You're welcome, buddy. And a 10 is a lock. Uh, did for Ross, too. I'm just trying to win his favor. Josh, this, I'm going to go fill up my coffee real quick. J-Rod31 has a question. At this point in time, who is FSU going to land in the portal? So you put some crystal balls in. You've been do, you've been very active this morning figuring out how to put crystal ball transfer, uh, or crystal balls in for transfers. So pull up your balls there. Let us know where, right now what you're thinking of FSU and, and who they're standing out for in the transfer market, please. Okay, so this morning, well, I put in – quite a few picks this morning i um let me pull up my twitter account hold on one second hold on um i put in a pick for miles frazier to fiu from fiu to florida state i think that's the big one um then i rattled off a few oklahoma picks i got Jadon hazelwood to arkansas spencer rattler star quarterback i put in a pick for ucla jamar gibbs alabama chris bogle kentucky 
Um, spoke to some sources on that. That's early uh, coming out, putting their name in the portal. But um, Zach, Chris Bogle does have a connection to Kentucky, correct? You told me that after I put in my pick. Yeah, he came in that 2019 class, I think he's part of. Uh, it was um, the, the Nick Scalzo is the quarterback at Kentucky. And then there's another guy that's named Nick. It's some like Russian name at the tight end that he's really close with there. So that's what I heard when he entered the portal. On that, that he might be headed there. What, some, Brennan? Some Russian name. And right before that, when you said, it's like when you said the, Nick Scalzo, I was like, what's with all these Italian quarterbacks lately? Right? Scalzo Italian? Yeah. I think so. I was just, we were both thinking last right, names. Next and question. Origin. And hold on. Two, yeah, hold <laughs> Stream, on. Don't call me Streamlines to Known for nothing. Stop, okay, stop. To talk about my Miles Frazier pick real quick. Florida State does think that he's the type of player that's going to come in and compete for a starting tackle job, whether it's right tackle, left tackle, wherever he fits. He's a step, I would say, a notch higher in production than I think they're expecting from Bless Harris. So that'd be a big pickup. He's still he's still entertaining a lot of schools, though. He's he's loving the recruitment. I mean, he is not turning down a phone call. He's calling everybody back. Uh, he's inviting people in the home. Like he is, he's gonna take visits to Miami, FSU, and NC State. Uh, like, there's not a school that he's going to pass by and skip, it seems. So, it's an early prediction. I feel good about Alex Atkins' relationship and Devontae Love-Taylor's pitch to him. Um, but we'll see. As long as he makes it to campus next week and, like, he's telling us he will, then I feel good. I enjoy how these – how transfer prospects go one extreme or another as they re, get re-recruited. Like, some guys just fall in love with it again because maybe they didn't get quite that love. You know, they're at a lower-level school. They didn't get quite that red carpet treatment, and now they're in for it. Or, like, someone like Jermaine Johnson was just super quiet, super streamlined, and just like, I don't want to do interviews. I just want to get to where I want to go. DC05 asks, what targets look like they won't sign on early signing day? Is them pushing it back good or bad for FSU? Is there anyone, fellas? Who's, who's pushing things back right now? Not that I know of. I mean, there's a couple guys that have like, Armella didn't have a date, and now he's saying it'll, quote, probably be on the early signing period. Um, so he was kind of one that we were watching. I don't think there's anybody out there that I'm expecting. But yeah. I think maybe coaching change after these championship games could cause somebody to pause. I, I'm Right now, no. I'm expecting them all at the early period to at least sign. Yeah, Tay Woody had thrown that out, but I don't expect that to be the case. I think he'll sign early. Matthew McCoy is a kid who I've seen say he intends to wait to February, but FSU's only sort of lukewarm as far as their interest in him. Offensive lineman from Auburn and Jacksonville area. Matt McCoy is probably someone who would benefit from pushing it back to like February as other spots fill up and, and whatnot. Um, I think right now with FSU having coaching stability – Anyone who's pushing things back, if FSU's a big time like contender for them, that's probably not a good thing for FSU. Like you want kids to sign and get in the boat now when they start pushing things back. As if you're st- if you're stabilized, you want to move quicker, not not slower. I think for, generally speaking, uh, FSU CB four hundred. Pretty simple. What's each of your predictions on which high school kids we finish? the class with oh man so that may take a little while you can um, go to our crystal ball page and see who we're projecting at any given time sorry sorry fsu cb we're, we're trying to streamline this here oh, we're still on the first page of questions sunday gold asks is fsu's best chance at a good transfer wide receiver in the portal yet it's an interesting question josh mm, yeah I, I think they got a real good shot at micah Pittman. he was one that 
this morning, like I, I put my crystal ball picks in and I said, any, am I missing anybody? And Zach threw out Micah Pittman and I'm close there, um, but just not, not ready. So maybe I would lean towards him. I don't do we, know. About do we think him. he's a good wide receiver though? Like, I mean, he's, he's dynamic as a punt returner and he's, but not super like productive. Yeah. I think Florida state really loves him. So okay. I'm just going based on their energy. Uh, they're putting it in for him. So I, <laughs> I assume that they think he's going to be a, a guy. Um, then you got uh, Tyrese Chambers, Chambers, yeah, FIU. I don't know, Zach. What do you think about Tyrese and his recruitment? What do you mean? I talked to him a little bit yesterday, and he is a funny, funny recruit or funny transfer. He didn't want to give up much. Um, he's very, he was very concerned about his transfer ranking. Oh yeah. Um... I mean, I got on the phone with him and he had like a another dude on the line. It was like a three-way call, like during our interview. And the other guy was like like talking during it. It was like it was crazy. But um I definitely think he's a dude like uh Brendan was talking about. Like there's that difference between a guy entering the transfer portal, let's say he didn't really have um that whole heightened, hyped up recruiting process at a high school or the Juca ranks, and now he gets that opportunity. Some guys like to take advantage of that. Um, Tyrese Chambers used to call me and DM me when he was in JUCO about his JUCO (laughs) ranking. And this was after he was committed. He was signed with FIU. He was still hitting me up about (laughs) his ranking after he signed with FIU about his JUCO rank. I mean, he put it on the field. Full circle, man. He did. He did. I'm not denying that. I mean, he broke T.Y. Hilton's single season record. Who am I? You know, like, who am I to rank him? Early crappy team, too. Let's see. West Ridge legend asks, has the staff made contact with Jameer Gibbs and or would he have any interest in FSU? A streamline. I, re- I put a Alabama crystal ball pick in because I reached out to a contact at FSU and said, hey, are you guys going to recruit? You interested in Jamar Gibbs? And they said, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, when you something when about like, well, I was going to reach out to him, hit him up. So he said, like, I was basically told, like, don't even bother. Alabama. Just unless, unless they don't have room, unless something happens where they can't get him in. Because I did reach out to an Alabama source, and I was kind of told, like, hey, do you know this? And, like, is this happening? And I was basically told yes, just trying to make the numbers work. That one feels like a mighty strong nail in the Collins coffin. Yeah, that's yeah. a toughie. Yeah. But FSU should have heavily pursued Jeff Sims. BG16, which unit will be better next year? Offense? Better offensive line, more playmakers, or defense? Losing JJ and Kier Thomas, Chris. Um, I think the offense will be. Will have, do they mean better one versus the other, or better from this year to next year? I think they mean like which will be the better unit uh, in a vacuum. I think the defense probably. I think the offense will be the one that probably improves the most from this year to next year. I think the defense will still be the better of the two units. All right. Now, this is kind of the question that Zach thought we were asking earlier. And again, this is probably my fault. I probably confused him. Is 04060 asks, who is your favorite commitment in FSU's class that nobody's talking about? Someone that you've had, think has a good chance of outplaying their ranking. So that's who's stumping, who's your boy. You know, for Chris a couple of years ago, it was Carter Boatwright. Uh, Zach, who's your guy this year? Let sleeping dogs lay. Lie. Um, lay. I'm going to go Bishop Thomas. I interviewed Bishop Thomas this past week. And I know everyone's going to say, oh, he didn't play football his senior year, <clears throat> his senior year. but it, it sounds like he's ready. Um, he's got a whole, you know, weight room set up in his garage. He's been working out, like, consistently. 
Coach Yak, David Johnson, went in home with him and actually caught he caught him midway through his workout when he when he got to um, Bishop's house. Uh, it, one quote that he gave me um, during the interview was something along the lines of, um, "I'm ready to lay someone out on a stretcher." Uh, not like Jesus. not yeah not his teammates uh, he, he made sure to specify that um but yeah that's good I, that was a good quote um and i think i think he's ready like he's itching he's itching at getting back on the field said he wants to put the pads and cleats on again and, and get out there and hit somebody so we'll get to see him in, in the spring ball and see how he does but i think that's a guy that if he played his senior year he probably could have moved up the rankings a bit just based on what he put on film in his junior season He's a yak special, yak attack. A little under the radar there. Christopher? I'll go with Aaron Hester. Great work oh. ethic. I think he needs to figure out positionally what he's going to be early in his career, but he works really, really hard at the craft. He plays really, really hard. I, I feel confident kind of banking on him being a guy that maximizes himself. I know Josh is going to choose one to tight end, so I'll pass it to him. <laughs> no, I'll probably go with Devon Mortimer. Would be my guy. He's lowly, you know, he's kind of lowly ranked right now. So I think he's somebody that can play above his ranking. What's going on with Devon Mortimer right now? He's going to take a visit to West Virginia this weekend. Um, I've confirmed that he has informed the FSU staff of his plans. They fully expect him to go to West Virginia this weekend. I know there was kind of some back and forth this morning on whether or not that would happen, but I do expect him to take that official visit. Uh oh. Aaron has. I don't expect him to flip. Oh, I mean, that's that's the news there. No, but what everyone wants to hear is who my pick is, and it's Aaron Hester. I'm copycatting Chris. I love Aaron Hester. Uh, I think he's really, really polished as a pass rusher for a younger guy. Uh, we'll just see if the size translates over. That's a big question. T Noel Nine asks, "Who is early enrolling amongst current commits and potential targets that are committing over the next two weeks?" You know what, T Noel? Streamline. Check Probably out Noel Twenty Four Seven. Check out Noel Twenty Four Seven. Chris does. He is extremely meticulous in one of the banners. If you go up to the top of the, uh, there's a drop down. Uh, we can see who who's expected to enroll earlier, not on all the emblems of current commits. Real quick on that, on the commitment list. There is, right, call, Chris? There's yeah. a sun for signing early to clock for enrolling yeah. early. Um, I've tried to update the target list, the FSU ones, as far as like the top level guys, as well as I can. Some of that's a little up in the air. Guys talk about like, you know, Woody, for example, has talked about not signing early and we expect him to. So that's one of those things we're going to constantly update and especially hunker down on in the next week with the fact that signing Perry is coming up. Josh, did you not know that Chris has been doing this for like years? There's not a drop down menu. There, if you go to the commit list, you have to go to commit list, commit list or the target list. Either there. one. I thought, uh, I thought there was a drop down. I was like, that would be great if there was a drop down menu for early enrollees. Getting that slack and informal. Yeah. Do it. Know, yeah hey, Pat Foley, if you're listening to this, put a slack into someone for us, please make it happen. Please, please. Uh, Varbla, Varbla. Orbla, we still feeling pretty good about McCall. That's Sam McCall sticking. Mm -hmm. Gators seem to think they have a chance at flipping him back. I think the only way I would get nervous is I, we know that the head coach has ties to um, Napier. Billy Napier. He coached on – he was an analyst on Billy Napier's staff when he was in Louisiana. I would be concerned if Billy Napier hired him. I mean, just I wouldn't be – at this point, Billy Napier's still coaching for another couple of days. There's only 10 days – 10 days till signing day red flags go up if they hire the late Gibson head coach. But other than that, I mean, it's a connection, but I don't think it's going to be enough to, to flip him at this point. Uh, Mariners 51 on that topic asks projected impact of Napier at UF. I assume you mean like just 
how do we think he'll do and how what his presence will be recruiting wise here in the state? I think he'll do good. Um, I think he's kind of cut from the same cloth of Mike Norvell. I think he's going to come in and, and really not make a huge splash, you know, the same way Mike Norvell did. He's going to have to fight for everything just like Mike did. But I think Billy Napier understands the game these days. I mean, he's come up under Dabo. He's come up under Nick Saban. He's been a head coach. Um, he's going to do good, but it's going to be the grind that Mike Norvell is facing. Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that, I agree with Josh's take on that, is that it's going to be crucial for him to make the right coordinator hires. I, I would contend that uh, there's a lot of similarities with Napier and Norvell. The difference to me is that Napier has more experience recruiting in this specific footprint, or at least being on staffs that did with being at Alabama and Clemson. And he doesn't have the pandemic in year one. That's going to kind of slow down some of that early momentum of getting guys on campus during the spring. So if they have better success recruiting in year one with Napier, and I'm not saying, you know, this transition class, I'm saying for the next year's class, I wouldn't be shocked because he may have a little bit more of a head start than an FSU did uh, with, with Mike two years ago. The Rogue fan says, by Orsonone, FSU has two true freshman starters on the defensive side of the ball for the first game of the year in 2022. I'll buy that. So Travis Hunter is one. Travis Hunter and a linebacker. Okay. Zachary, by Orsonone, two two hunters. One, One will be hunter. Two starting defenders for the season opener next year. I think so. Bye. Bye. That's how we play the game. Josh? Two what? Oh, my God. I'm confused. There's going to be two two what? Two freshman defensive starters next year for the opening game. Oh, yeah. Stream, I mean, you could have Sam McCall and Travis Hunter. There okay. Bye. All right. Bye's all around. Bye's all around. Big Drip Noel. Keep your mic on here. Josh, do you have any intel on any of FS, any QBs who might be entering the portal in the near future? What's up with Jack Miller? And are we going to make a play for Quinn Ewers when he enters the portal? He wants all questions answered. <laughs> okay, I've been, I'm going <laughs> to give it up on OTB because OTB is where um, my home is at. So if I was going to look at a transfer quarterback that's in the portal right now, the guy I would look to is Jack Plummer. Jack Plummer is leaving Purdue. He's, he's, been in, he's been in the portal for two days. All right. Zach's got something that he's got. Oh, Zach's doing something. Things are happening. So, oh, Jack I Miller. I, I mean, I've, I've said this since uh, he hit the portal, but I don't expect FSU to pursue Jack Miller. And to, to this day, I don't think they have. Jack Plummer was 86 of 126, 68.3% for 862 yards and seven passing touchdowns with no interceptions this past season. Yeah, that's His the best name season I've came in 2019. He was 144 of 241 for 1,603 yards. He had 11 touchdowns that season, but he did throw eight picks that season. He only has had two picks in the last two years. That's encompassing 250 passing attempts over that time span. So what's interesting is that Plummer, Miller, and Spencer Rattler are all from the Arizona area. Who on the coaching staff that would work with quarterbacks has a decent grasp of quarterbacks from the state of Arizona? Kenny Dillingham, but which three? You had Rattler, you had Jack Miller, and who? And then Plummer's from Arizona area as well. So they're all from – so my point being is FSU's passing on any of these guys or showing interest. I think there's going to be a lot of due diligence that Kenny and the rest of the staff, and Mike Norvell obviously has Arizona guys. Or 
Or maybe they don't even need to do due diligence because they already know them. I'm so, they may not, yeah, they may not even have to. Uh, Chris, I'm really proud of you and disappointed I mean, with Due myself. diligence is you're trying to learn information on them. I think with Weird. Dillingham's connections, I think they probably have all the information they need with those guys. Interesting. Interesting development. Maybe I, which is maybe why I think they pursue Jack Plummer. All right. So big drip. No, Josh isn't answering any of your questions. He gave you something different instead, which no, I think I don't was think more they're going to pursue Jack Miller at all. No, and Kuhn Ubers, they're not going to. Okay. No. No, just no, streamline. Streamline. We got to get Chris out of here. He's got to go cover basketball instead of the podcast. KOP 6-3. Is it possible that not making a bowl game may have worked in our favor? Uh, no. no. I mean, I think it would have been nice to make the bowl game. There's past times where I thought, like, Willie Taggart's first year might have been best just to kind of start cycling guys out of here and, and move on. But no, a bowl game would have been sweet. This coaching staff's really good. More development would have been better. Mariner 51 asks, with the amount – of in-home visits by the staff, is it on par with other coaching staffs and recruiting cycles in the past, more or less? Um, I think it's on par, right? They're not. Yeah, I, the only thing I'd add is they're really organized in the sense of getting multiple faces in front of kids and their parents and stuff. And Norvell works pretty tirelessly to do that. The five visits yesterday is a great example of that for him. But it, everybody visits everybody. That That's how these weeks work. FSU is just very good strategy being played. Great effort, and it's a team deal. Uh, Sarasota Noel 11 asks, and this, Chris, we may have already kind of addressed this, but if we need to clarify anything for him, let's do this real quick. Break down how, many scholarship, how the scholarship availability works with transfers this year. Like if you enter the portal but don't transfer, can you yank a scholarship if they enter the portal but nobody takes them? Yes, you can. Yeah. Uh, once you enter the portal, scholarship is no longer something that you have to commit to as a school. Uh, does that count as a transfer? Um it counts as them no longer being in the program, which I think would count, right? As, yeah, I as think an program. with regards to like 25 plus seven, if they enter the portal, they count towards that. It doesn't matter if they land somewhere. It's if they enter. Right. When do you actually get the scholarship back if they do transfer? Obviously not asking because the numbers will always work out. Guy. So well, he's not asking as long as it's pre-August, you would be able to use it for that coming August when that date kind of hits where you have to have your 85 basically locked in. Last year, we saw them literally work up to that date. Cushney gets a scholarship offer at the very end. He's added into the class because they had that spot. It worked. It flipped them away from Purdue and into FSU. There's that hard date where you kind of got to get to the point where you have who's going to be on your roster on scholarship the next year. You can't add guys currently on the roster to scholarship, which they usually do for walk-ons, you know, things like that. Really miss Greg Reed TBH asks to what level is FSU still recruiting Pritchett? That's Elijah Pritchett. Josh, anything is still going out after the, uh, the Columbus Carver product? No, uh, they, I mean, they're still in contact. Yes, but I don't anticipate him becoming a target. Um, I asked somebody directly involved in his recruitment and I kind of got that like, just not going to, they're not going to overcome Alabama right now. Maybe they're going to overcome Alabama in the transfer portal down the road, but you know they're not going to overcome Alabama for Pritchett right now. No. Uh, also from really miss Gregory TBH, uh, who is the most important player to get on campus before early signing day? I think it means like what? Oh, so say, for a visit, for a visit. I would say these transfers. I think these transfers, like a Micah Pittman or a Miles Frazier um, or an Austin Stogner, who we haven't really talked about, the OU tight end transfer that you know i know fsu likes a whole lot they need to get to campus um they're taking visits we know micah Pittman will be but they need to get those other guys on so yeah i think 
those are probably the most important. I mean, Armella coming in December 10, how can you not consider that vitally important? There's a lot of important visits coming up. Zach, you're muted. He's on the phone. Oh, never mind. You're not muted. I mean, you are muted, but in a good way. It's an intentional mute. Kev from Porto. They assume that means Puerto Rico. Porto, I can't. Jesus Christ. Josh, you've mentioned multiple times about being careful and pursuing a transfer QB so as not to mess up the AJ Duffy recruitment. You yeah. said you'd rather I'm they wait on that one. I told Brendan <laughs> yesterday, I misread that whole situation. Well, let's see. This may get to where I think what you're going to say, but uh, let's see. My question is, what does it matter when they pursue a transfer QB with the transfer rules being what they are? If Duffy is unhappy with FSU pursuing a QB, what's stopping him from choosing to enter the portal in the spring semester prior to playing a single down for FSU? Thanks for all you guys do. Thank you, you Kev. Yeah, I think they've done a great job recruiting A.J. Duffy and getting him ready for whatever's coming his way because he's not flinching. A.J. Duffy's going to go to FSU. The, I I sensed a, um, that they were trying to be cautious, very cautious, and I just didn't know really why they were being so cautious. It's Jordan Travis this whole time. They're not worried really about A.J. I mean, it, of course, they're worried about A.J. Duffy. They want to, you know, but it's more so they don't want to spook Jordan Travis, but – you see it happening. They're pursuing quarterbacks. They're doing a good job. They're going to handle it. So I think, you know, I think they proceeded with a little bit of caution. Um, and as long as they communicate everything the right way, I anticipate them to pursue a, a transfer quarterback in land one at some point. Quarterback rooms are such a one day. It feels great. You've got mm-hmm. great depth next day. Oh my God, what the hell are we going to do? It's such a razor living on a razor's edge position. Now always has been, Portal has just changed the dynamic. It's so tough. You always have to recruit that room to make it bountiful. Speaking of Jordan Travis, Fish, if you're listening to this podcast, if you ever question my love for Jordan Travis again, I will bring up Landon Dickerson and how wrong you were on that take. Uh, Illinois asked, by Orsonone, Chris, you have to go in a minute or two to go cover a little hoop, so we're going to do some by Orsonone action with you. Ready? Yep. Byers to known, FSU lands more five stars in 23 than in 2022. So two. Two would be the over-under right now. I'll go with buy. I think long, longer relationships should be better results on the field, and they've shown they can recruit to a pretty good level. FSU, Byers to known, has two quarterback commits in 2023. Chris, I, this is all you. Oh, this was just me. I thought Josh was involved. I was enjoying watching Josh try to talk while on. Oh my god. Um, I, I mean, that we just talked about it. That position, sort of, uh, one day you feel great, the next day it's you're really so. Thin. How can you predict how many they're gonna? It, it yeah. just depends. Like, it depends on a few things. One, it depends if they do take a transfer quarterback this year. If what type of quarterback is it? How many years does he have? Then, right. what happens to the current room over the next year? Then. Chris Parsons is committed. You got to anticipate that. Okay. Like there's just so many moving parts in that room. I would just say bye just because why not take two, but. And there we count transfers as part of the 23 class. Cause if so, like probably, you know, quarterback recruiting is going to be so it already is like quarterback rooms change so much. Like Chris said, I don't know. Like as long as you're developing one guy and you have someone else that you're developing on the back end slightly, like I think you're okay. But the, the days of having multiple guys to have options for seem to be over. Very few rooms have that uh, ability. The goal is to consistently have four guys you believe you can rely upon. Yeah. 
Byers Sinone, Chris, Tate Rotomaker finishes his college career at FSU. Also known that I yeah, it's a quarterback position. I think at some point he figures out that this isn't the place for him. He moves on. He does like it here, and he's not a guy who I think's itching to leave. But yeah, only one guy can get the ball in game at quarterback unless mm-hmm. there's injuries or such. So yeah, also known it. Okay. I, I would send on that as well. Last question for you, Chris. This is a good one. I want to make you think a little bit before you got to get out of here. If FSU makes the tackle, this is from DNA Knoll. If FSU makes a tackle on the last play against Jacksonville State to preserve a victory and everything the rest of the season stays the same, what, if anything, is different with recruiting? Uh, messaging what you're selling. You're you're six and six. You're playing in a bowl. Look at our growth. We're rare. we're there. We're on schedule. I think this staff is very good at messaging. I think if a kid truly watched FSU this year, they understand where FSU is and the progress they have made despite the record being five and six, or I'm sorry, five and seven versus six and six. But it changes the messaging. If you're practicing for a ball game right now while doing what you're doing on the road, you can point to we're still playing where the upward trend is a little bit more accelerated than it looks like right now. That, That to me is the main difference. Recruiting is all about selling. You're, it's just your sales pitch. So your pitch changes as what you have to pitch changes. Very nicely done, Christopher. Go on, get out of here. Merry Christmas. How much we still are only on page two, guys? All right, do two more. And then what? We'll wrap it up. Two what? More. Oh, my God. Hang on. I need to find really good ones then. I We've covered just about everything. It's just – it's. <sighs> Guys, I'm so sorry. Listen, I'm a man of the people. I want to keep going with you guys. Uh, this is kind of like Mexican food. It's just like rice, beans, and a protein all mixed up and packaged in a different way. In a slightly different way. Yeah. Uh, Big Buford Noel asks, Big Buford or Big Mac? Big Buford's Where's it? What's Checkers. Big Buford? I think it's Checkers, oh, like no. Big Burger. I've never had a Big Mac or Big Buford, for that matter. Interesting. You've never had either. Big Macs are only good when you're drunk, in my opinion, or need sobering up. Uh, Give me the not... double cheeseburger. I never understood the Big Mac. Why do you want yeah. like a, a bread piece of like bread in, in the there. middle? Again, yeah. if you're drunk, it helps soak some things. Like that's the play. No, uh, but the sweet large fry. I love a quarter pounder with cheese, though. People hate on McDonald's, but it's pretty solid. Yeah. A little salty sometimes. Oh, Wendy's is the best drive-through burger, though. It's not even close. Uh, let's see. Chicha Landon would love to hear more about the thought strategy behind FSU reaching out to so many transfer prospects they ultimately don't pursue. Oh, Josh, he understands why we don't pursue if they express they're not interested in FSU up front, but from afar, Spencer Rattler seems like a character culture misfit that we wouldn't be interested in adding. And word on the streets that Bradley Jennings didn't exactly decommit from the staff in good terms. So why waste time and energy on the courtesy contact of guys that we I likely don't, don't have interest in that? I don't think that they're butthurt over Brandon Jennings. I don't think that's the reason they're not pursuing him. Like, that's insane. If Brandon Jennings was really good, they would go after him. And if they thought he was going to come in and be a dude that could start on their defense, they would go after him. What do you mean? What? I was reading Zach's text messages. I, mean, I don't think. And then also, the he wanted to know why they reach out to everybody. Even there, if they there's nothing that can hurt to reach out to everyone, right? Because like, they're graduate assistants that are essentially interns, and you fill out a database of information on everybody. You want to know. You reach out to them because the transfer portal doesn't give you any information. I was told it doesn't even necessarily. It doesn't even give you their position. It gives you like their school and their email address, and they have to go through and kind of figure out like how many years does this guy have. Um, 
what's his situation? Why is he leaving? And they enter it all into a database just so that information's there. And if they do have to double back, they have it. Yeah, I mean, I have a question for both of you. Do you think Ooh. it's worth it? And do you think it's going to become a trend for schools to hire someone on staff off field wise that's directly just their sole job is transfer portal identifying you know targets uh doing research on guys that could potentially enter the portal and then when they do enter the portal having all that information ready for the staff because i know there's the support staff does that to an extent but having someone solely focused on that do you think that's going to become a trend and and I think if I was a head coach at a major power five, like Florida state or Alabama or somewhere, I would have a whole scouting department that watches um, lower level football and essentially scouts division two FCS non-power five, and they find the best players that are available. And, you know, there's back channels that you can go to, to maybe prod some of those guys into the portal, or you're just aware of those guys if they do hit it. That's how the NFL is set up. There's multiple factions of a scouting department. It's not all just guys going to college football games to scout. There are different regions. There are different classifications. Some do power five. Some do like, you know, like Josh said, like low level FCS and division two, three. Uh, And then there are departments that specifically watch other teams to see like potential free agents. And so, yeah, as money keeps getting pumped into college football and you're trying to figure out how to use it. Like I think big power five programs will continue to allocate resources to scouting the transfer portal and other, other colleges basically uh, with per with personnel and transition in mind, not scouting for mm-hmm. games. Um, it's a good question, Zach. Let's see. I'm trying to think. I, I feel a lot of pressure now. Oh, what's the latest on Camden Brown? Noel nation one, four, one, eight wants to Florida state went in home with them last night. Um, I think Florida State's turned it up a little bit, mainly Nor- Mike Norvell. I've been told over the course of the last week, uh, Mike Norvell has kind of personally taken over this one a little bit more, more phone calls, more texts. Um, then the in-home last night was with Dillingham and Dugans. He's going to go to Auburn this weekend. I believe Florida State will be in-home next weekend or next week, and Mike Norvell will use his visit. So we'll see what happens with Camden Brown, but I do believe since his decommitment from Pitt, FSU has turned it up on him. Yes, yeah, especially if um... – Mortimer ends up being flimsy or whatnot. Like you'll need to have some, some options at the prep level to keep the room balanced. Ben Wilmoth asks, uh, let's see streamline. Another way to ask this will transfer usage always be this high. Will it decrease over time or is it all just dependent on the roster at the end of each particular season? It's about Mike Norvell and, and his usage. I think ideally it'll decrease over time to the point where you're probably looking at taking like three or four guys instead of seven or eight or nine. Ideally, I said. I don't know that, if that'll happen. But well, I that's what ideally. that's what Mike wants to ultimately get to, where you're not having mm-hmm. to be this reliant on it. But yeah, I mean, right now you're in a you're in kind of a cycle where you haven't been able to attract elite high school talent. So until you can get those guys on campus, develop them, and and have them consistently like being in the program for three to four years, you're gonna have to keep relying on the portal. Uh, yeah. So just kind of depends on on if you can improve the on field product consistently if you continue to grow. Nolman one two one four one two asks: Is Travis Hunter going to have a ceremony with hats on the table or not? Jesus, can you imagine? Can you imagine, guys, if Travis Hunter has a hat ceremony? The, the level of anticipation—I'm getting anxious just think, thinking about it. I can barely. Talk. I don't get to take a Noel's twenty-four-seven road trip up there if he does that. Oh my God, send it! I'm getting so nervous uh, thinking about that. Let's see. 
This is only page two. Yeah, I, five more minutes. Five more minutes, and we'll get everyone out of here. Josh, you have to keep in mind here. You've been answering questions all week. For some of us, this is, you know, not everyone's. Some people are going on the bench here. You know what I mean? To get the information. But I wish I had better questions to pick out. <laughs> no, no stuff. Would you take Adrian Martinez if you knew he would end up being a backup to Travis? Oh, Adrian Martinez. I, I haven't watched a lot of done a lot of losing at Nebraska. I guess if he was like your quarterback too. No, not talking myself into it. Um. Oh, here's the one right after my heart. Uh, pulling on the heartstrings. Malat three one one said, I, "I saw David Hale's post about how FSU could be zero twelve if Jordan Travis didn't play any games." Preach. Is Brennan quietly smarter than the rest of us? Oh, I didn't see that part of the question. Yeah. Uh, if not, who is of the quarterback? Josh was. I didn't really know that was coming in there. I just saw that David Hale, Jordan Travis, owned twelve, and that was hitting all my, all my uh, things. I can't think. If not, COVID brain. If not, who is the quarterback? Josh was talking about on Twitter. Said they would be interested in. I don't know what's Josh talking about on Twitter these days. I don't days. know what I was talking about, but I just said I, the guy I'm keeping an eye on is Jack Plummer. And as of this moment, I don't know if FSU has made contact with him, but that's a name that I would that I would watch. I love in the Jack Plummer. Right I think that's the perfect like he can help you potentially. He's enough there to push Jordan Travis. He doesn't scare anyone away though. I think that's like the the if you're not getting a, a complete slam dunk, that's the range you have to live in. But is Brennan mm-hmm. quietly smarter than the rest of us? Byers Sano. Sano. I like being in David Hale's camp when it comes to metrics. Uh, I need to see a pie chart on this, Brendan. <laughs> I gotcha. After the podcast. Cam, Nike, 2328. What's likely to happen? Commitment from MJJ, Kelly, or DN transfer? So what's the most likely to happen out of those three? I think a DN transfer? I, yeah, I would say so. But yeah. the DN transfer is also the easiest to get because it's just a DN transfer. Yeah, we need to cap it like an like a impactful DN transfer. Yeah, <laughs> nope, that's not what he asked. Agent, I'm going to nail it this time, Coke. <laughs> Got it. How many high school kids does FSU want to sign if they hit on all their remaining top targets? Same question for transfers. Uh, which targets, if they sign, remove? There's not a number. Well, it's not like a number. They wanted. They have. They want all those guys. You know. They but they're not going to get all of them. They're not going to land all of them. <laughs> but if they all wanted in, they'd have room for them. So there's the, no number. Want the best players? Yeah. Dustin Knoll asks, uh, Josh, rate my public suborder. Ultimate on nine grain. No cheese, double meat, lettuce, spinach, salt, pepper, oregano, mayo, and chipotle mayo. Oh, man. That's a lot of meat. Double mayo? <laughs> no cheese? I like he goes, no cheese. I'm like, oh, he's being health conscious. But then he doubles the meat and then turns around and doubles the mayo as well. Holy yeah. crap. Um, That's a Sinone. That's a, uh, I need that like a solid seven. What? Just there's, yeah, there's no fried chicken tenders on there. Wrapped up in a bread condom, dude. I tried that for the first time. It's what good, Josh. It's delicious. He's never ordered it. He's, trash. he's never it's had trash. it before. What he's do you never, mean it's trash? He's never had it before. No, I've certainly had it. Have you? Did you get a twelve inch or a six inch? Um, twelve inch. I promise you. At some point, you just said "f it" and you just started eating the fried chicken out of the. No, salad. I like, didn't. Yes, I you swear. did. Yes, you did. Everybody oh, does. And I then, and then you're eating, She's a you're eating soggy boy. chicken tenders. Then you're just eating soggy chicken tenders, and you played yourself. Before Josh, I started, it? before I would eat it, I was like, "Man, I'm, I'm skeptical about this." Like, because bread and chicken that doesn't really make sense, but it was good, dude. You know, Publix has the best fried chicken. And you're going to take it and you're going to wrap it in bread. You're going to put all this like ranch and then you're going to. Oh my God. Who likes then ranch? You're gonna, then you're going to throw it in a bag 
He's just trying to make it sound disgusting. And you're going to throw it in another bag and and seal that off. What do the bags have to do do with the flavor? Good. I'm saying the pressure on time. Listen, by the time you take it out of the two bags that it's in, it's soggy because you put ranch on it, but no one puts ranch on it. I do. No. Zach, all right. This is it's how you soggy. have to do it. Josh hasn't done it this way. Right. He doesn't have know fun what with he's your soggy ass sandwich. You take the bread. No, wait. First off, adding bread to anything is never bad. Like that's wrapping fried chicken in bread sounds like an awful idea. Anything in bread Especially is better. The crispiest fried chicken that you could find. You, you're, yeah. You played yourself. You take the chicken. You put it in the bag, which Josh thinks that bags somehow. Uh, diffuse the flavor you take the hot sauce no i didn't say buffalo sauce hold on hold on makes it soggy. putting fried chicken in a bag is going to make it soggy yeah okay so the texture is changing okay so understand that the texture is not fried chicken at this point it's some delicious concoction of buffalo sauce you put the ranch in there you shake it around you shake it around crazily yes and then you put it on the bread now i understand you get some spicy it's a gimmick I understand why you fall for it. You need to get pepper jack cheese. You're leaning into the spice at this point, all right? You get that. You put whatever vegetables you want, maybe a little lettuce, uh, but you got to put some banana peppers on it too. You're really leaning into the spice faction here. It is delicious. You're just sogging it out. You're I don't have an, I, Yeah, Josh is just, he's, he's picked the have wrong building. Have No, he hasn't. By by the time you get to your second half, you have it open faced, and you're just eating the chicken nuggets out of there, and you wish they weren't soggy. I've never I have fun with that. your sub, throwing the other half away. Josh, I want to do a bet with you. I don't know what the bet should be, but I want it to be with that's on the line for you. I'll you, you, this sub you the way I'll be you. sitting right and next we'll to just you, destroy eating, the ranch, eating my chicken tenders from Publix right next to you, crispy, crunchy, salty, hot, love it can't beat it i don't know why you wrap it in bread and sog it out stop saying sog it out it's really unsettling uh i don't know if we have any questions left that we need to get to here i think we've let's covered everything out. let's sog it out let's hug it out let's sog it out for where's josh chris? newberg where's chris he would he would be on team up sub right now for josh newberg zach glossing chris knee i'm brendan sanone he's been on the bench newberg episode tell us sog it out me on spaces. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 